Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. This is a passage we started the year with. And I feel as we are rounding the year, I want us to go back to how we started and remind ourselves of some things, even as we launch into the new year, for what God is speaking through us. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Now when you look at that in some other translation, it says, I do not have it yet. I don't know who you are this morning listening to me and you think you've got it. Congratulations. But some of us do not have it yet. I don't have it yet. And I thank God that Paul the Apostle is saying that. So just before you grade me according to your own righteousness, just know I'm in the right group. I don't have it yet. Amen. I usually tell people that we are all patients in the hospital of God. And some of us might relapse. We didn't use our medication right. See, some of you holy folks, you didn't, you didn't get that. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I made it yesterday, thank God. <laughs> but today I'm praying that I will make it. It's not about making heaven. That's not what the question is. The question is, get it right. Amen. On daily basis with my brethren, with one another, with the things I need to do. He said, I have not yet apprehended. He said, but one thing I do, and that's all I want you to do this morning as you listen to me. He said, forgotten those things that are behind. In 2021, there are certain things that have gone by. There are certain failures, there are certain successes, there are certain things you may have done. Great. He said, some of those things are not pretty. Some of those things are not things you want to do. But you got to have a way to forget some things that have been, even some successes of yesterday, because they have a way of limiting you to press into something higher tomorrow. Forgetting those things that are behind, he said, I am pressing, I am reaching forward. Some say, I'm pressing forward. That's another translation. He said, I'm reaching forward to those things which are before me. Verse 14 says, I press towards the mark. For the price of high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so God told us that 2021 is a year of divine progress. You make progress in your personal work with God. Make progress in your business. More progress in your relationships. Make progress in your whatever the thing is that is good that God has called you into. Now if ever there was a person... Who understands the principle or has the experience of making progress when everything seems to be falling apart? That person will be Apostle Paul. Because he showed us several times how he was able to make progress even when it didn't seem like it. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the table that is set before us. Lord Jesus, we thank you because you are our key, our access. We thank you because we have no one in heaven but you. 
No one to model, no one to teach, no one to help us on earth but you. So this morning I ask, Lord, that you will open our hearts. Help us to be able to understand what you have prepared for us. Help us to be able to receive. Help us to be able to walk in. In the miracle that we have asked just now that we need a miracle. And we don't ask you without you giving. We don't ask according to your will and you will fail us. So Lord, we thank you because we have asked as you have requested us to ask. So we receive miracles to make progress. Miracles to make impact into our generation. That we shall not just exist, but we will make impact to our generation. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Because we rise above the challenges that we see. We rise above the failures that we have seen. We rise above the Whatever the things, accusations and, and the voice of the devil in our ears that says we can never do it. We can never become it. So today I ask that you will use me as the pen of the ready writer. Help me, Lord, to be able to communicate truth, sound doctrine, that your people may be made whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to begin this morning by talking to some folks that probably grew up in the kind of country that I, I grew up in. in uh, so if you grew up in some developing country, you probably will relate to what I'm about to say. Now that is the kind of environment where we didn't have roadside breakdown services. If your car broke down, you know, we didn't have the RAC, the AAs, if your car broke down while you're traveling, you just have to trust God for some Samaritan to come around, help you, or you have to become an engineer overnight. We didn't have people to, to call. because We didn't have mobile phones even back then. You just had only God to call. So we knew how to call on God. Not like these days that people don't even bother to check anything because if I broke down, I just call it and they will tow me and tow my car. And we don't even need to pray about it. That's the kind of environment where I grew up. So I remember on one of those occasions, exactly this time of the year, I traveled home from Lagos where I was working. I drove home in my inherited car from my father that my father passed on to my brother. My brother passed on to me. Well, very good heritage. That's probably the, okay, let me leave that for now. So I drove home for Christmas, as many people love to do. I was returning to Lagos on the New Year's Eve. My mom had packed the car full of foodstuffs and various gifts for the extended family in Lagos so that we can have a big New Year's party and all that. So I travel with my cousin. It's a journey from Ekiti to Lagos will have been about four hours in those days, I think, maximum. Road wasn't bad. But the last leg of it is a place called Ibadan to Lagos. That's where we will have to travel on a freeway, which is usually called the expressway. Isn't it funny? Expressway. God help us. Now, we call it expressway because it was one major dual carriageway that you can speed. 
So usually that leg of my journey will have taken me about an hour, 15 minutes. So I've done very well. Left late though. I left for four hours. I expected I would be in Lagos by six in the evening. So I hit that road by around five. As it was my custom back then. I hated traveling alone in a car. Although I had my cousin, a girl who was just about a year younger than me, I think. I always like to pick. So this Uber thing people are doing now, some of us have done it in the past. So I usually pick, you know, paid passengers. They are always along the road. Don't blame me. People needed help, so I will help them. <laughs> Just helping them. The money, usually I've always calculated that will be my fuel. Okay, some people, I can see. Some folks are like me back then. So I got these, my passengers and five of us were driving. And everything seemed cool. I always had good music. I had done about 25 minutes in this so-called one hour about journey when we had a flat. So we had a flat. I thought, okay, no problem. Everybody came out of the car. Then I found out that my jack had gone rusty and I couldn't use it. That experience took us about 30 minutes to solve. By now, we're getting close to six. And by six on the motorway, it was getting dark. There is a general norm. You don't want to use headlights when you're on that road. To quite long story short, we started the journey again. About 15 minutes thereafter, I noticed that the temperature gauge was really getting high. Before long, there was some kind of steam coming out from the bonnet. And I'm like, the car was stalling and stalling, and eventually we stopped. Some folks already know what happened. I was told that the car was overheating. By the time I lifted up the bonnet, the kind of smoke that I saw, I thought it was fire. So, somebody came around again and told us the engine needed to cool down before you start driving. If you pour water right now, the water again will gush out. So, cool down for about an hour. Well, my paid passengers didn't send me. So they felt they couldn't do an hour of charity work with me. <laughs> they found some other help. And they traveled, they got some other lifts and they traveled, they, they just left me. Normally there is this habit of you take your money before they actually start because they can jump out. So that was the issue of uh, how do you want to leave when I'm taking money now? I don't want to go into that one. That was another issue. But they left me. After one hour, I thought the engine was fine, so we started traveling again. Just join me, just because it's a journey. You have been on a journey this year, and I want to show us what happens when we travel. So eventually, the car started, we started going again. That took like about another 10 miles. The problem started again. Again, we stopped. After some time, some kind of mechanic came on a bike. This time, it was very dark, really dark. And then he said to us, oh, I know what happened. You have to change the coil. I never heard the word, the word coil before in my life. He said, it happened that I got a new one in my pocket. So he brought out coil. He said, there was another car that had the same problem somewhere down, and he was going to supply them. But because of the lady that he saw in my car, he felt we were in a precarious position. He, couldn't want to, he didn't want to leave us. So he removed the coil in my car and he put this new coil. 
I thanked him and I paid him all the money I had taken from my passengers. And he left. This new coil worked. The car started, but I didn't drive more than another 15 minutes when the same problem started. Ladies and gentlemen, this happened about three times. But because I had known that coil is not a new coil, the best I had to do was to wait one hour for the engine to cool. So what happened? A journey that would have been one hour eventually took me about five hours to get to Lagos. But during this period, I had a lot of issues in my heart because it was really dark, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, danger was looming. Particularly, I saw many vehicles driving past me at top speed who were older than my car. Many vehicles passed me that didn't look as well maintained, like my car. I saw some cities, some villages afar off that I considered, should I veer off? Should I go there? Should I just abandon this car and just make up my own way? So many things crossed my mind whether I should abandon my journey. I found out that in the journey of life, when we hit troubles, we are faced with a lot of questions in our hearts. Should I abandon this journey? Another thing that was actually a puzzle to me, later on as I now began to understand the Bible, is that this problem didn't start at the beginning of my journey. I probably could have gone back home. I probably could have had a new year with my parents. It was towards the end of my journey. And so I found out why is it that life is usually difficult? Towards the end of the journey. Why is it that I can go through university and I get to the final year and I begin to think, no, I don't think I can finish. I think probably I should just get another extra year. I think I should just take a gap year. Why do I think this thing that God started, he does not have the capacity to finish it? Why do I begin to make some silly decisions towards the end of a year when I have been through all kinds of issues in the course of the year. Then God introduced me to a man called Paul the Apostle. You see, in Acts chapter 27, there's a story about Paul. That Paul was going to Rome. Now, it was a journey that God placed Paul on. Because God told Paul, Paul, you are going to be a witness to me in Rome. Paul was not outside God's will. Paul was actually in God's will. It was, it was a journey hard to make. Now, whether it was the time they set out or not, is not the question. But the idea of going to Rome was God's idea. So you know the story, and I don't want to bother you with the details of it. But there are some things in it that I found similar to you and I, and I found similar to the experience I just told you. The Bible told us clearly that in that situation... Paul, on his journey in Acts chapter 27, from verse 14, he said, but not long after we have traveled. Now, they traveled, it was a deep voyage. They've been on the sea, they've traveled far. He said, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurocladon. A storm hit them in their journey. And despite that, they continued. There are many times in your career. That it seems like a storm has hit your career. It seems like a storm has hit a ministry. It seems like a storm has hit a marriage. It seems like a storm has hit a business. And when it happens, you begin to think to yourself, 
do I have to abandon this journey? This morning I'm speaking to you on something I've titled, Making Impacts Even with Broken Pieces. I found out that life might become broken at some point, but we can still make impact. An artist will take a thing that is broken apart. Everybody can see broken fragments, but an artist can pick it up and make an impact with it and make an impression that it will sell at a very huge price. I found that the life, it's not just done on the thing that seems so smooth, but the best part of life, and that's God. It's God using things that are condemned. Things that everybody has felt, it's all over. This is finished. And maybe you are feeling like that this morning. But I've come to tell you that you can make impact, even as you are progressing in your life. The Bible says, when they hit this thing, and they continue, let me just jump in the story of Paul. It says in verse um, 19, he said, On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. When we are making the journey of life and things now begin to get really difficult, with our own hands, we begin to make up our minds now. We don't need to seek counsel. We're not seeking direction anymore. We begin to draw conclusions that know this is what we have to do. This is the tackle that is supposed to guide us. They treat overboard with their own hands. And keep going in verse 20. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Now that seems unusual. It seems unusual for the sun not to come up. Because after all, seed time and harvest. Day and night. God said you will never cease. But there are times in our life that it feels that it doesn't follow the pattern that we have been told. And it appears that the sun and the stars didn't appear for many days. And no small tempest beat us. But guess what? They continue to, they didn't stand. They continue to make progress. I don't know who you are this morning and it seems like, you know, life is beating you in all directions. But you are not stagnant. You are making progress in the direction that God is calling your life. Amen. And he said that we continue to beat us. He was beating them, but they continue to make progress. I pray that in Jesus' name, you will continue to progress. You will get to the finish line in Jesus' name. He said, he said, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. On that journey, I had it several times in my ears, stop now. Just give up now. And you know what was funny is my cousin, she didn't say much. She didn't even say, I can't remember anything she said, but she was just observing. She didn't say, let's abandon this. She didn't say that I'm scared. She didn't say, because I'm a woman, I am feeling this, something might happen. She kept quiet. And you know, sometimes in life, you don't know what to say. It's better to keep quiet. I didn't realize that through this crisis, God was using that moment to make an impression in her life. She saw in me a leader I will be tomorrow, even when I didn't know it. Because we got home that day at 12.05 early hours in the morning. Everyone, our street had been locked before we got there, but because they knew me, they knew the car, they let us into the area. But the point I'm making is that night, she said, Brother Ami, you are going to be a great leader. She observed how I handled the broken pieces of the journey. And that made an impact in her life are you following me now? That she was able to see something, how you can still stand when everything seems to have gone. I want to say something to somebody here. Someone is watching how you are handling the broken pieces of your life. 
body has got broken pieces. The man of God said, we all need a miracle. And it is pride that will make somebody to feel, oh, not me. I'm cool. The Bible said, Paul, in this situation, you know the story. They were all going through it all together. But you see, while the sailors who were the experts, they were thinking of jumping overboard. They were thinking of running away. Paul kept quiet. And the angel of the Lord, whom he belonged to, who he served, showed up to him that night. May God appear to you even when everything seems to be falling apart. May God show himself strong on your behalf in the name of Jesus. He says that night, that long abstinence from food. It was not that they were fasting, but the condition around them made food to have departed from their mouths. I had food in my car that night. I had, I had all kinds of fruits that my parents gave to us to take back home. But you know what? It was not about food that night. It was about getting home. He said, after a long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, and you should have listened to me and have not sailed from Crete. Now, if Paul had stopped there, I would have been disappointed. Because this is what many of us do. We criticize ourselves, criticize the situation, but we do not offer any solution after. Paul said, you should have listened to me. Okay, blame, blame is not the issue. Look at the next thing he said after that. In verse 22. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life. What's the point in you criticizing people you are traveling with? People you are in a relationship with. People you are working with in the same department. People you are living with in the same house. People you are fellowshipping with in the same church. All you see is to criticize, but where is the solution? He says, I can see it's broken. Everything seems chattered, but I've come with a solution. Paul said, now I urge you. There is a thing you've done, but there is a now I am bringing to the table. Now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the sheep. I'm not going to promise you that we won't have some setback. I'm not going to promise you that there's no time that we have lost. But I'm saying to you that not all hope is lost. We may not have been able to make it this year. We may not be able to make it last year. We may not be able to make it that time, that attempt that we make as an as a office, as a department. But I am urging you to know that I still a God who has not forgotten us. An angel of the Lord to whom I belong. He must be a thing that you know you belong to God. Who do you belong to? A God whom I belong has not abandoned me. I might be in this hospital. I may have to take this surgery. But there is a God who rules in my fears. This is a God whom I serve. That God has showed up. Keep going. He says in verse 24, say, do not be afraid, Paul. Listen to me, friends. Why will God say to Paul not to be afraid if I was not showing up somewhere on the inside of him? Don't think that you will not have the experience of fear. Don't think that I was not afraid that night. In fact, every time I had a little movement in the bush, I thought, is somebody coming? But what is the point in saying out what is obvious? Say out what God has promised. Rather than give up. You know all I kept on thinking? I had a different reasons, more reasons to give up, but I had only one reason to finish the journey. 
The one reason was, I must get to Lagos. I can see the light. I can see the hope. I can see the crossover. I can see the family dinner on 1st of January. I could see the whole family coming together. I see us getting there. Why would I abandon this car? If I abandon this car, what about the boots? What about the goods I have in the boots? What will happen to all of us? Friends, we might not have enough reasons to continue. There was always several reasons to give up. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 15, he says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. He said, the branch cannot bear fruit except it abides in the vine. Do you know that when Christ said that thing, he knew that the branches will have, he will have challenges to remain abounding. Now let me repeat that. When Christ said, except you abide in me, every true believer knows that. That we can only bear fruit by what? Abiding. But what most of us do is we underestimate the challenges of disconnection. We underestimate it. How do you mean? Friends, it is not automatic. It's not easy. It's not easy to assume that, oh, I will just stay connected. The challenges of disconnection are always more than the determination of staying connected. Why? Because every single day is a battle to stay connected. Every single day, it takes a, an intentional decision to stay connected. That's why Jesus Christ is saying to us, I know the elements will challenge you to stay connected. The winds will blow. The tree will sway sometimes. But stay connected. You have a desire to be disconnected, but stay connected. Stay connected to purpose. Stay connected to vision. Stay connected to what I have spoken over your life. I know you have you have been pulled. I know you have been stretched. But stay connected. Stay connected. Jesus knew it. He knew that things will come. Paul said it. He said, I know after I depart from you, savage wolves will come. He knows that. We should not assume that completing the journey is just automatic. We should not assume that, oh, we're just going to finish the year, just cross to the new year, because the devil always will drop all kinds of ideas. And what is amazing is the believer will say, you know what? I think, I just, I think. Is it that the God who spoke at the beginning made a mistake? Sometimes when you see the less capable achieving things you want to achieve, the less prepared achieving things you want to achieve, and your car is broken down on the side of the road, you're asking yourself, is it worth continuing in this journey? This is more painful as we travel through season to season. I have seen more believers in my time. Getting it wrong as we travel from season to season. As we cross from year to year. I have seen more believers signing things. Changing courses as they cross from season to season. And usually this comes up and so when you read the story, it's so amazing. Look at verse 42. I hope I'm not going, going ahead of myself in this story. But I want to show you something that you may not have seen. 
I know I'm jumping, but you see in verse 41 of this passage. He said, but striking a place where two seas meet. Ah. And the Holy Spirit showed me something there in verse 41. They got to a place where two seas meet. And I felt, I understood, where two seas meet is two currents meet. Have you ever seen a place where two seas meet? Right. There's a place called Ikogos, the one spring in my village. Not my village, my area. Two streams. One is warm, one is cold. When you get to the place where they meet now, you see two opposing currents meet. And every year, as you cross from season to season, two seas are meeting. The old current is meeting, with the, which is talking about the things that are going, things that have gone, things that are outgoing. And the new current is telling you what is to come. My friend, vision is good, but vision could be frustrating. Why? Because vision is telling you the things that ought to be and the things that I am looking at here right now. I know what I am supposed to be talking about, but I know where I'm finding myself. It's a two current that are meeting. Two seas meet. Ah, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I know you are here. You are listening to me, and I see two seas meeting in your heart. You are looking at a sea that is going and a sea that is beckoning. But the thing about the vision is, my dear friend, God has spoken it to be. Even though you are not there yet, you are a Joseph that God has told, God has spoken to. You're going to be a leader. You're going to see people coming to you, bowing to you. But what you see right now, you see yourself in a prison clothes, and God is saying to you, I am still God. I am still speaking. I am still taking you on the journey that I called you for. It's about a process. It's not about a place. If you are still walking with me, I will hold you by the hand. I will carry you all the way through. I am taking you there. Two seas are meeting. Two currents are coming together. What is amazing about it, when two seas meet, that's where the ship will get, get, get grounded. The seas met. And that's where the sheep that have survived the deep sea got grounded. The Bible said the sheep broke apart. Are you listening to this? The sheep broke up. Many people's dream breaks up where two seas meet. Marriages break up where two seas meet. Visions break up where two seas meet. Ministries break up where two seas meet. The enemy will tell you, confess it's all over. God has abandoned you. God has abandoned you. That's what the devil will say to you. If God was in this, why would the ship be breaking up at this time? But I came to tell someone here today that you will go on to impact. You will go from progress to impacting the nations. Someone is watching you how you will handle this seas meeting. Yeah. We're moving forward in Jesus' name. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 43 verse 2 to 3. He said, I'll be with thee and through the rivers. Isaiah 43 verse 2 to 3. I will be with thee and through the rivers. The rivers, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. The word there says the waters, okay. But you see, it's not when you pass through the water. So this translation is talking about waters. My translation talks about the rivers. We talks about two seas meeting. 
When these two conflicting things begin to appear in your life, the pull and the stay. Are you following me now? I will be with you because I spoke to you. I'm not going to abandon you through the rivers. Ah, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, it shall not burn you. Neither shall the flames scorch you. Doesn't matter with jumping out of your boat. Stay. The boat may be coming apart. Stay. He told the people, he said, except they stay on board, I cannot guarantee their life. People started looking for a way out. I know it's hard. He said, but tell them to stay. Tell them to hold on. He said, no, every man to himself. Heaven helps those who help themselves. Paul said, no. Tell these people, this is what the Lord is saying. Don't let the water stop you. So what do I do while I'm waiting to reach my destination? Let me just give us two things and we will close. Because today's message is just an exhortation for someone. What do I do? Keep on pressing. Keep on. Tell your neighbor, say keep on pressing. You see, the crowning of your effort is to keep on pressing. My vehicle that day will start drive a little bit and stop. But every 15 minutes was a 15 minutes closer to my destination. Am I talking to somebody this morning? I may not have driven long, but I was getting closer. I was getting closer. You know, when I got home, it didn't matter how many mechanics, how many times I stopped. What mattered is that I made it home. Someone is making it home. Someone is getting to where God has called them to be. In the name of Jesus, you are getting over. You are pressing on. You are, your God is giving you the grace to press over fear. You will press over loneliness. Every single moment to survive it, you survive it. I survived that moment. You press over loneliness. You press over discouragement. You press over disconnecting pressures. Every pool, every week, you will thank him and praise him that you survived it. That's why you have a testimony this year. That's why you shouldn't say that, oh, I have nothing to say. Every moment, I press through. I press through. Every moment, I press through. Don't wait till you get to the end. Just thank God for how far he's carrying you. Usually the journey from the, a place where we call toll gate. Toll gate is the end of the expressway. That's where you pay the last toll and then you know you are in Lagos. From that place really to our house back then in Surulere was still about say about 35 minutes. But by the time I got to the toll gate, as far as we were both concerned, we were home. I can see somebody feeling like that right now. You are home. 
I say you will make it in the name of Jesus. The lie of the devil will not hold you down. And the express that you are not sleeping in the middle of nowhere. In the name of Jesus. If you have to climb, you will climb. If you have to crawl, you will crawl. If you have to cry through it, you will cry through it. But you are getting there. If you are, if you are here listening to me, you are getting there. In the name of Jesus. He who has started this journey with you. He will carry you all the way through. He who has begun the good work. He is surely able. I said he's able. Somebody shout is able. Shout is able. He's able to take you through. In the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 4. He said for though he was crucified in weakness. He was crucified in weakness be seated. Yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him but we shall live with him by the power of God. Towards What does that mean? What do I do while I am waiting? I have to understand. I have to understand that in my weakness is power, is present. The ship broke into pieces. Broke into pieces. Let me show you. The Bible says in verse 43. It says in verse 43 of Act 27. He said, but the centurion wanting to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim to swim. And verse 44. And the rest. I love this verse. And the rest. There is always a remnant. <laughs> and the rest. Some on boards. Some on parts of the ship. Can you have a picture in your mind? You are meant to be in a ship, but the ship had broken up. Some on boards, some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to the land. I don't care how you make it, but you're making it. You have to hold on to the board. You have to hold on to the little piece. It will carry you through. In the name of Jesus. You will make it. He said, some on boards. I wish you had a first class seat to make it through. But sometimes it's not possible. Are you following me now? Sometimes it's not that easy. You just have to make it. Any little thing will give me my praise. Some on birds. Some on some parts of the ship. But you are getting through. If you have seen a crash site. And you see the plane gone down. And you see the passengers holding on to some stuff. What matters is I am still afloat. You are afloat as a family. You are afloat as a business. You are making it through in the name of Jesus. You will make impact. You know what happened? It's not about survival today. It's about what happens tomorrow. Because what you are looking at is not the end of the chapter. When these same people got to the island of Malta, the villagers didn't even know what happened in the sea. But the village turned around because they made impact. You are coming around in the name of Jesus. The Bible said, so they all escaped. I prophesy over every soul in this ministry. I prophesy over every business in this house. I prophesy over every health condition in this house. In the name of Jesus, you will escape. If you have to take that surgery, you take that surgery. If you have to take prayer, you take that prayer. If you have to fast, you take that fasting. I don't know what you need to do, but you do something and you are coming through. In the name of Jesus, that baby is coming through. That husband is coming through. That, that examination, you are passing it. In the name of Jesus, you are making it in the name of Jesus. He said, all escaped. None shall be lost in this house. In the name of Jesus, 
we will go with our children we'll go with our husbands we'll go with our wives we are coming to the other side we are breaking through even on broken pieces even on broken pieces we are getting through I don't know they may not have called me on the first round they may not have called me on the second round. I don't care whether it's a supplement list I'm coming through some of us here know back in those days when they called students for university some people will come out on the first list they go through not everybody is that fortunate some people come in on supplementary list what matters is when we all put on our gown we are the same i say you are coming through in the name of jesus christ i may not have got it right in my first marriage it may be my second marriage i'm getting through Aha, i don't know who i'm talking to you are making it in jesus name you are making it in the name of jesus the devil is a liar that you can't get it right even on broken pieces you will make impacts if it's about getting home alone it would have been different but that young lady turned around he said brother me you will be a great leader i didn't know what she meant paul stood in the midst of his people. They can see his crisis. You see, many of us are ashamed that people can see us in our mess. But that's where God wants your impact to shine. You cannot talk about your impact. You don't want to talk about you don't want to talk about your mess. Oh, they know I failed. No, they know I did that. No. But God wants the impact. How can you make an impact if I didn't know the kind of challenge you went through? So when Paul got to the island of Malta. They knew he had been through mess. They are fed that nobody goes through this kind of stuff and still come around to make an impact. But the Bible said, even when the serpent beat him, shook it into the fire. Right now in the name of Jesus, grace to shake every serpent into the fire. Everything that tries to hold you down, everything that tries to take your testimony, you receive the grace to shake them into the fire. In the name of Jesus, you are shaking them into the fire because you are about to turn around a village. You are about to turn around a village. You are about to turn around a village. A village for Jesus. The impact is in the village. This man that was about to die in the sea, He's yet to write the book of Philippians. He's yet to write the book of Romans. Can you imagine? He was about to write all the, all the books that turned around the church. He had not yet written it, but the devil was trying to stop him. Nothing will stop the grace in your life. You will fulfill destiny. You will fulfill purpose. You will write the books. You will share that testimony. Hey, in the name of Jesus. Make it impact. I understand the progress. But I want to understand that the progress might have some challenges. And some of you in the house, you've had a year of some kind of challenges. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. But that's not the problem. The great news is you are coming back to testify. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that in Isaiah 40, verse 29 to 31, he said it gives power to the weak. Receive power in your weakness. And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Receive increased strength today. He said, even the youth may faint and be weary. And the young men may utterly fall. But the Bible says there is a but. Those who wait on the Lord, ye renew your strength. Receive renewed strength. As we cross over to the new year, receive renewed strength. 
Receive grace to mount up with wings. <laughs> Receive grace to mount up with wings. You will run. You will not be weary. In the name of Jesus, you come into a new level in your career. A new level in your relationship. A new level in your ministry. In the name of Jesus, you will walk. You will not faint. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me just stop here. I'll give you one last thing before I go. Here is the branch that must stay connected. Very important. The branch must stay connected. And I know. But where is it that I get disconnected anyhow and anyway? I must be conscious of the health of my branch. What do I mean? How healthy is my attachment to divine? Because if you are not healthy in your attachment, if you are just attached anyhow, then when the wind comes, you are so easily blown off. Be healthy in your relationship. Be healthy. Be healthy. The tree can easily be washed off or broken off when the elements hit it. I want to really talk to somebody here. Please don't take your relationships lightly. Your relationship with your church must be strong. Your relationship with God must be strong. Your relationship with your marriage must be strong. Don't take it lightly. Don't say, well, at least I can tick the box. That's why disconnection is easy. Because wind comes. Don't underestimate the daily piling, the undercurrent. Discouragement does not announce that I've arrived. Discouragement can come in quietly and you don't take it serious. And it begins to pile up and pile up and pile up. And it accompanies you to the same church. Discouragement can be with you when men are clapping for you. Everybody is celebrating your victory, but you are discouraged. Haman was just celebrated. Everybody was just saying, you see how, how highly he's been decorated. But Haman was sad in his heart. Why? Because of this Mordecai. Because everybody told you, should, you got everything. But I said, no, not until I see him down. There are many people you think they are standing, but they are discouraged. Because something is not healthy in their system. I need to ask you this. Who are you giving your ears to? Oh. Whoever is feeding you is making you either healthy or unhealthy. And when the wind comes, he can take you out. That's why it's important if you're going to survive this. As I close, be careful where you are taking your counsels from. Be careful who you are listening to. Because they can either poison your weak attachment. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.